The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Echet Yebamot has been dedicated and sponsored by our dear friend, Mr. Isaac Jamal and his wife, in honor of his uh, family and Hatzlacha, Varvacha, Bechol Maasiyadav, maybe Zocheh. To raise his children in the ways of the Torah, they should give him much nachat. He should have many more children with health and happiness. And he should have beracha b'kol mikol kol him and his entire family. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by our dear friend, Mr. Elliot Shasho. May God give him beracha, blessing, aslaha, success, health and happiness. Peace of mind for him, his wife, his family, his children. And Be'ezat Hashem, may he enjoy prosperity and good things. Amen. Today's daf is being studied. L'ailun Ishmat Avraham ben Esther. Ruwa Hashem Tanihenu began Aiden. Amen. We begin today's daf on Ayin Tet Amud Rishon. And we have four lines from the bottom. Amud Sheni, Ayin Tet, four lines from the bottom. Let's review just as she taught to get some clarity that we had in the Mishnah. We had a shita of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva said, Sris Adam Cholitz. What is a Sris Adam? That's a person that was born uh, regular, fertile, able to have children. And only later, uh, he had a physical impairment, he became a Sris Adam, so then he lost his ability to have children. So according to Rabbi Akiva, a Sris Adam does fall to Yibum, whereas a, a Sris Hama, that's somebody that was a Sris from birth, that never had a Sha'at kosher, never had a time where he was fertile, so does not fall not to Halitza and certainly not to Yibum. The Bilya'ezer had a different shita. The Bilya'ezer said the opposite. He said Sris Adam does not fall to Halitza and Yibum because in Nurifu'ah. He cannot be healed. Once a person is a Sris Adam, there's no way he can return back to becoming fertile. But Sheenken a Sris Hama, he says, does Cholitz. Why? Because a Sris Hama, even though he was a Sris from birth, but he has the ability to become cured. So now the Gebara begins and says, Ikrikan lehakim leachiv shem vehalav bar hachehu. Which means the whole purpose of Yibum is what? Lakim la'achiv shim. In order to perpetuate the name of the deceased. And in the case of, let's say, a Sris over here, he's not able to have children. So what are you, what, 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 what are you perpetuating? Which is on both sides. First, the Sris himself, to make Yibum to his sister-in-law, he cannot uh, bring children. And regarding when they're making Yibum to his wife, he wasn't able, let's say, to perpetuate. So therefore, since he was not able to hakim shem, so seemingly his wife should not fall to halitza or Yibum. Yeah. So that's the question to give out. What's the logic of a Sris even being subject to the law of Yibum? So the Gemara says, Amarava, Imken. If you're going to say this logic, which means, if you look at it this way, that a sris cannot make yibumu halitza because bottom line he's not able. Which means, if you're not going to buy into this sivara of shata kosher. Means according to the Akiva, what's his logic? His logic is so long as at one time he had ability, so then already he falls into the category. Even though right now he's not able, that's the case of the Sris Adam. Even though right now he's not able to, but he had Shata uh, He was able to bring children, so that's enough already to uh, mandate the law of Yibum and Halitza. So the Gemara says, if you're not going to buy into that Sivara of Shata Kosher, so then you'll never have a Halitza and Yibum ever. Why? Because every person, a moment before he dies, is infertile, is unable to have children. Because, he, obviously, before Shat Mitah, he's not able. So you're going to come along and say, every single person that dies, technically dies, a Sris Hama. And therefore you're right. You're going to say, no, uh, no Yubum at all? And like, you have to buy into this 
Shata kosher business, like Rabbi Akiva says. And therefore we can say the same thing by the person before he died. You're right, before he died he's a slis. But bottom line, since he had shata kosher before him, he's okay. So the Gemara comes along and says, that this question is certainly a question for the Bidi Aizir. Gemara says, let it be the Aizir. Piruka dirava pirkahi. Which is for sure, according to the Bidi Aizir, this question that Abba has about a guy before he dies, one moment before he dies, he's a sneeze. It's definitely a question according to the Bili Aizer. Why? That's she. First wide line. The Bili Aizer, Piruka de Rava, Pirkahi. Gemara Parikh. Gemara is asking this question. Kilomar. Hai Piruka de Rava, Pirkahi, the Bili Aizer. The Avadai Hazinan. Certainly we see according to the Bili Aizer. This Atta Kosher. Miltai, which is certainly you see over here that Sha'ata Kosher means something. That's why every single person before he dies, even though he becomes a Sris, we say since he has Sha'ata Kosher, it's okay. The Amai Kamar Sris Adam in Cholitz. Why did he say that a Sris Adam does not make Haritza? The which means the same Sevara, when four person dies, he becomes a Saris. He's not getting better from that uh, Sirisut. And still, what do we say? He does, his wife does fall to Halitza and Yibum. So therefore, So therefore, basically the question they're asking on the Bidi Ezzet is, why do you say Sris Adam doesn't have the subject to the laws of Halitza and Yibum? So you tell me, because why? Which means you don't buy into the Shata Kosher business. So if you don't buy into Shata Kosher business, then they had a moment of uh, permissibility. So according to you, the Bidi Ezzet, Every single person should not fall to Yibu, because even though that shot kosher, bottom line, when they died, they were at the point of no return. They considered the sneeze Hamad, they cannot get uh, uh, better before Shat Mitah. So how do you say it works? So give us a thought, there's a difference. Hatam says, a person before he dies, like I said, is sneeze. Yes, he doesn't have the ability to bear children, but that's only because he's weak. Because in that condition, he's not able to have children. But he's not a sris. So therefore, don't ask me a question why a regular guy can make uh, a boom on his wife. Because he's not considered a sris. But the person that, let's say, according to the Bidesa, I'm like, I don't care if she's kosher. Which means even if the guy was a sris Adam, and he had the uh, kashrut before, that's not the deciding factor according to the Bidesa. He says, by my sris Adam right now can never get healed. He can never turn back. Therefore, there's no Halitza. Whereas a Sris Hama, even though he was a Sris from birth, since you can turn him around, he can get better. So therefore, he considers him uh, subject to the laws of Yibu. Comes to Gibran says, Hechi Sris Hama. Oh, now we want to know, how can you discern who is a Sris Hama? Jesus a Sris from birth. How do you know? So, Amar Ibn Yitzchak, but Yosef. Amar Ibn Yohanan, Kol Shelo so the Gemara first gives definition. He did not have a moment of kashrut, meaning did not have a, a moment that he was able to have children. Right. right? He was able to give birth. And she says, Already he was damaged from birth. So the Gemara says, But how do you know that? So Which means when he urinates, and let's say urinates upward, it doesn't make an arc. Which means it just dribbles out. So if it doesn't have that strength, that the urination goes like a kippah, like arcs up and then goes down, so already you see he's unable to have uh, children. So the Gebarah says, Mimai Havai. What does it come from? Which is, what makes a child a saris from birth? And what did his mother do wrong that caused this uh, condition? Gebarah says, De afia betihara. His mother baked bread in the middle of the afternoon. So what's the problem with that? Because the middle of the afternoon is very hot outside. And the oven also generates a lot of heat. So between the heat of the oven and the heat of the uh, sahurayim, so that already causes an overheating of the child inside, because she's subjecting herself to that excessive heat. But then that can cause it. Combined with vishatya shikhra marka. She drinks very strong beer, that she says. Hazak. Some say diluted beer. In any event, between the drinking and the uh, baking bread and the excessive heat, so that's going to cause it. 
Amar of Yosef, Rabbi Yosef said, Hainu dishama'ana li'immi. So that's what I heard from my mother, the Amar, when she said, Kol imo lakui. She made a statement, my mother. Anybody that's from the a womb is damaged. She made this statement. I don't know what she was talking about. Now I know what she's talking about. Now she says, when she said that there's children that are damaged from birth, I didn't know, meaning I didn't know the reason why they get damaged. Well, now the Gemara tells me because of the excessive heat, now I know what she was talking about. Or some say that she, Rabbi Yosef didn't know what she, she was talking about at all. When she said there's children that are lakui from birth. What are you talking about? Lakui from birth, what? But now that I see the whole story, talking about a studies that's uh, lakui from the womb. So now I understood my, what my mother's context, the statement that she made. I stand corrected. The Ridba is Gores in this Gemara Ami, meaning I heard not from my mother, but from Rav Ami that made a statement, and now I understand what he's talking about. Let's kill him as well. Gemara says, Let us suspect Shema Hebri Ben Taim, which means, how do you know? He's calling Masis Hama. Maybe somewhere in between he was healed. Now once already he becomes healed, so now already he's viable. Now once already he becomes viable, so he's in. Which means he's subject according to the Akivat, to the laws of Halisat, uh, to the laws of Yibum. How do you know that a Slish Hama is always a Slish Hama? Maybe somewhere in between he got that better. Kemurah says now, Kemad because since we know the beginning of his life, he was damaged, and at the end of his life he was damaged, so therefore we have hazakah, that we don't have to assume that in between he got better, which is we're discussing a case like this. The guy died. Now we want to know, is his wife subject to Yibum or not? So, we have to analyze, we'll say, well the guy right now is a slice. we know he died a slice. we know he was born a slice. Our question is, maybe somewhere in between, the guy had viability, and therefore now that he died, maybe his wife does fall too. You boom. Come on, you have to suspect that. But he was Beginning he was no good, at the end he was no good. Therefore we don't suspect that something happened in between. So comes the Gemara and says, Mativ Rav Mori, Rabbi Hanina ben Antigonus Omer, Bodkin otos shalosh pa'amim, betok shemonim yom. Which is when it comes to a bechor, bechor animal, that has Kiddushah to it, that developed a blemish. What type of blemish? So that she tells us. Botkin Oto, Bebechorot Ka'eb, Havarur, Havarur is like a white spot, that usually found, let's say, in the eye. Ve'amayim Akkebu'in, or let's say a spot of water, maybe like a wart, Harezimum, that's considered a blemish in the animal. Ve'ezehu Havarur, what's considered a white spot? Hakkebu'a Kotshishah, Shemunim Yom. So long as it's on the animal for 80 days, that's called a moon kawu, a permanent blemish. You have to check the animal three times in the 80 days to discern that the blemish was there, that didn't go away. It has to be consecutive. So you check berosh, berosh peh, ubeimsa peh, Beginning of the 80, the middle of the 80, and the end of the 80. Aval, bibdikat tehilah basof, losagi. It's not enough just to check the animal in the beginning and in the end. Why? Shimne bintayim avar. Maybe in between the womb went away. And then it's not a permanent womb. So you see, and there's laws when it comes to if it's not a permanent womb. Then already the animal retains its kedusha. So what do you see? You don't go with beginning and end. You don't rely on hazakat to the beginning and the end. So why when it comes to the case of the uh, saris, you say, well, we know in the beginning was a saris, he died a saris, so you don't have to assume that anything changed in the middle. So the Gemara says a big difference. But I answers, Lehad Ever Haishinam. Lechule Gufa Lo Haishinam. Which means in the animal, it's only one Ever that's defected. Let's say it's his eye. So therefore, one eye that's defected is possible it can get healed. So therefore, to get the 80 consecutive days, you have to make sure that you check the beginning, the middle, the end, that it didn't go away. But the Gabes Slis, where the damage really is his whole body, 
you don't assume that the whole body healed, that the whole body was already uh, uh, wounded or blemished by, by being a sleeze. It's, it's an infection that, the whole, that affects the whole body. So therefore, if the beginning was bad, and the end was bad, you don't have to assume it changes. There's a difference between one ever and the whole body itself. Rashi's language is, Lehad ever le'ayin. For the eye. Therefore, you do not be Hoshesh. Comes Gibran and says, The B. The Ezer said in the Mishnah, he wrote that a Slis Hama Holtsin. Right? That's a guy that's from birth. And what was his logic? Why the Slis Hama is Holtz? Because he held that he could become healed. So since he has a potential to become healed, he's in the subject of Yibum and Halitza. Slis Hama Yeh. We have a contradiction. Ben Eslim Shana. You have a fellow that's 20 years old. But he did not yet bring two hairs, which means he did not reach, we'll call puberty. He just has to bring a proof that he is indeed 20 years old. And then he's considered a classic Saris. Saris is someone that's not able to have children. But you have to give him to 20 years old, so long as it doesn't show any signs, which means he doesn't have, let's say, Sa'arot, he is a Saris. And therefore what? He does not fall to, not Yibum, and not to Halitza. So which means the case was like this. Bottom line, let's say uh, the Saris has died. Okay? Or let's say his brother died. We'll take that case. His brother died, right? So now the sister-in-law doesn't want to fall to Yibum uh, to this guy. So she doesn't want to become a halutza from this guy now. So they have to bring a proof that this guy is 20 years old. Once they can prove to the bed team that he's 20 years old, she's off the hook. She walks away. She don't need a halutza. She doesn't need a Yibum. It's not uh, in, in, in the subject. So that's the case of a boy. What about a girl? So Kabbalah says, But Islim, if let's say she's 20 years old, the he... But below, if he has the sorrow, that should not bring two heirs. That's a sign of maturity. Again, that bring a proof that she's at least twenty. And she's a status of an ailonit, which means a saris, and a female is called an ailonit. The reason why they call an ailonit because the targum in the interpretation of the word ail uh, explains it dechar. Dechar is like a zakar. So Ailonit would be interpreted like Dachronita. Dachronita means she has like the uh, attributes of a Zakhar. Not subject to not Halitza and not Ibum. That's the opinion of Betelel. Let's read Rashi. Right, Beit is coming along and saying now that this guy's got to make a halitza, he's got to make a yibum on somebody. Let the relatives of the yibama bring a proof that he's at least 20 years old. And then she's off talk. They don't need a halitza, not a yibum. So we're talking about a case where he has the, the signs of a saris. What are the signs? Like we learned earlier, let's say uh, his Meraglad uh, doesn't arc. So already he has some of the signs. Now if he doesn't have any of the telltale signs, which the is going to tell us later, what are the telltale signs? Which is, if he doesn't have other signs of Siris, all of it is, he didn't bring hair yet, you say he just, he's just a Katan still. So you still have to wait. You have to wait until he finishes the majority of his years. You have to wait like till he's uh, 35 years old. But once already he has already signs of cities, and he didn't bring two heirs at the age of 20, it's confirmed. He is officially a cities. Comes to Gibran says, that's the shita of Betelel. So the cutoff according to Betelel is 20. Bet Shabbai Omrim, Zeva Bet Shabbai says the cutoff is 18 years old. Ben a Saris and Ben an Ailonit. Rabbi and the Ezer Omer, Ben Ezer makes like a compromise. Has Zachar Kedivre Betelel. Zachar is 20, like Betelel. Ben Ekeba Kedivre Betchabai. And in Ekeba, already 18. Why does he take Betchabai by a girl 18? Lepnesh Aisham Maheret Lavod Ifnaish. 
because normally the girl matures faster and earlier than the boy. So therefore, by 18 already, she didn't so say, uh, uh, you have to assume she's an Adonid. Although, what do you see over here? The B.V. Ezer is weighing in on this Mahlokit. And he's telling us what? That a Sris already, at 20 years old, for a boy, already is considered a Sris. And what did, the, what did it say in the statement in the Mishnah? Lo cholets velo miyabim. What do you mean? You and the B.V. Ezer in our Mishnah, you said that a Sris Hama, that a Sris from birth, is cholets. And here you're coming along and you're weighing in and saying that when it comes to a sleeve, we follow Betelel's opinion that says 20. And what did it say in the Mishnah No cholets, no miyabim. So it's a direct contradiction to be the Ezer of this Mishnah to be the Ezer of our Mishnah. So the Gemara says, Amar Rami Bar Dikule, Amar Shemuel, Hazar Bor be the Ezer. The Bili Ezer retracted. The question is, what did he retract from? Right, from which statement? Sgabara says, Ibailehu. Mehai hadarbe. From which statement did he retract? Tashema, we have another statement. Detanya, we have a brighter. The Bili Ezer Omer, Siris Hama Holetz, the Holtzin Ishto. Oh, so you have a clear statement. A Siris Hama makes Halitza. And if he dies, they make halitza to his wife. Shechen b'minan mitrapein. Because that type of sris is able to get healed. Alexandria shel Misraim. Like we see happens in Alexandria of Misraim. So you see clearly over here, he's saying an explicit statement that what? That because they get healed, as he brings uh, proof, not from just logic. He's bringing proof from cases that happened in Alexandria of Mislaim. So let me see what he must hold, like the statement. And therefore he must have retracted from the statement of the Mishnah of Bechamai. Which means when he came along and said that uh, I go like Bittalel, that the Sris is 20 years old, he retracted from that statement. Because that statement held that the Sris does not make Halitza. He holds that the Sris Haman makes Halitza, which means our Mishnah stands. Based on what we're learning in this Braita, that he's bringing conclusive proof from the people of Alexandria. So that she learns a little different than what I told you. She says that's the second shot I told you in Nashi. The first shot that she says is she has two statements again, one statement. You have this Braita plus Al Mishnah against the, the other Mishnah with Bet Shammai. So therefore it's two against one. So it makes more sense to say that he held that can make Halitzah, based on the Mishnah and the Brayta, against the one statement that's Mashma, not like that. So scratch that uh, statement and keep the other two. According to the other Pshat is no. This Brayta over here is, is more conclusive because it's giving you physical evidence. It's telling you, Alexander, you see that uh, it happened. Comes the and says, Rabbi El-Azar Omer, Le'olam lo hadarbe. You know what? He didn't retract from anything. He said that statement, that a, uh, uh, an, uh, a Sris comes at the age of 20, like Betelel. But he was discussing that, Legabe Onchin, Legabe punishment. He wasn't discussing Legabe Halitza. Really, Legabe Halitza, he makes Halitza to Sris. Hama. So, what do you mean 20? Which is when does a Beddin uh, punish a person, hold a person liable? So that already, once he becomes 20 years old, and he doesn't bring two hairs, now he's considered a Gadol. Which is until that point, he's not considered a Gadol. Now he's considered a Gadol, a, a boy that is at 20 and a girl at 18, the Gabir punishments. Look at Rashi. Vechi tenanahi. Hazachar. It's not going back on the Halitza issue. We consider him a minor. We say he's a Gadol. Now he's subject to all the punishments of the Torah. He does something, he'll be subject to Malkut, let's say. He'll give him lashes. A Katan, you don't give lashes. So since he didn't bring Seharot, uh, he gets till 20. Once he's 20, he's a full-fledged Gadol now, and now already he's subject to the punishments of the Torah. Kavz Gebran now gives a case. Itmar, very, very fundamental Mahlokan now between Rav and Shemuel. Akal Helev. Halev is Asur min Torah. Person that eats Halev, let's say, and gets a warning, so he's Hayav, let's say, uh, Malkut. 
Okay, so it says, Achal Elev, he ate Elev. Meben Shetem Esre Beyom Echad Ad Ben Shemone Esre. Between the ages of 12 and 18. Rashi tells us, you see, from the ages that we're giving, sounds like we're talking about here a, a girl. Okay, even though it's written the masculine, that she tells us is talking about a girl, which we're really talking about in place of a Ailunit. So she started eating at 12, and she's eating ahead of all the years, between 12 and 18. Oh, and what happened? At 18 years old, already you see that what? She is indeed a Sris. She has the signs of a Sris. She didn't bring, let's say, Sarot. So now she's officially considered at that point a sris. Which is even if she bought two sarot afterwards, doesn't matter. Once she gets to 18 and she didn't bring the sarot, she is considered a ailurit. It's going on a tinoket, on a girl. We know it's talking about, even from the context, the Kamar Yud Bet Viyomihad. We're starting from the age of 12, the case. The Ibit Tinok, right? The Tinok starts at 13. Fine. In any event, what happened now? Rav Amar Naases Saris Lemafreya. Rav says that once already you see. At 18, she's considered a Sris, she didn't bring the Simanim, she doesn't have, the, she has, let's say, Simanim, and she doesn't have Se'arot, let's say, she's considered a Sris, so now retroactively, from the age of 12 already, we say, she was a Sris, which is now we're able to backdate and tell us retroactively that she was a Sris, and therefore what? She's considered a Gedola. At the age of 12, she's considered Gedola. And therefore, for all the time that she ate Halev, she ate Halev as a Gedola. And therefore, she's going to get Malkut. She let's speak it out clearly. Which is, let's say she brought hair at 16, she brought Sa'ro. At 16. So then already, I'll say that she was just a late bloomer, which means she didn't mature at 12, so she becomes a Gedola at 16. So whatever she ate between 12 and 16, she's Petula, she's a Ketana. But once already she brought Sarot at eight, she didn't bring Sarot by 18, 18 is the cutoff point. Now already we see, it wasn't that she was just late in blooming, it was just that she's a Sris, she, she, she's Alonik, she doesn't have the ability. Therefore already, from the age of 12 already I say, that that's what she was, she's Lema Freya. Retroactively I know that 12, this girl was never going to mature, she is what she is. And therefore the Hayat that she ate between 12 and 18, she's going to be liable to Malkut. That's the way Rav understands, look at that she. Now Saris Lema Freya. Second line, I did the Ari Belashon Zachar Ketani Saris. Again, it calls her a Saris because we're talking Belashon Zachar. Kevan Shavra Shnat Shemura Eslek Rabbi the Eizer Velo Evi. Once already reached the age eighteen, she didn't bring Sarot. Apatis Shehazar Vebi. Even though I say she wore hair later on, doesn't matter. Eno Klum. Tado Amrinam Kevan Dahashta Aiti Iglam Milta Dahashta Katana Ba to the Sarot Talia. Which I don't say that until this point she's considered a Ketana. Ela. I say no. She was a sleeze the whole time. Already I backdate up to 12 years old. Right? I'll say the reason why she didn't bring at 12 is not because she's late in maturing. She didn't bring hair at 12 because she's a sleeze. Okay. So comes the Gemara and says, that's the Shitab Raf. He says no. Until they reach the age of 18, the girl has the status of a katan, and therefore what she ate, she's not liable. Once 18 comes, now she's considered a gedola. Let's see. Ushmuel Amar katana ya We don't consider a, a gadol. Until you have a hazakat, the person is asleep, that is as a that is status of a ketana. That's a fantastic mahluk of Tinavin Shimuel. Which means do you that's coming that's tremendous. Do you backdate it? According to Shimuel, all that head that she ate between twelve and eighteen, she's not punishable by Makut. It's like a ketana ate it in, in between. You're right. Whatever she does from 18 and on, now she already has the status of a Gedola. So comes Gabriel and says, Matkifla, Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef has a question. Le Rav. According to Rav, 
Ailonit lerabi meir yehela knas. An ailonit, according to the bimeir, should have knas. What are we talking about? There's a law in the Torah that says if a ne'ara, a ne'ara is a girl between the ages of twelve and twelve and six months. She has a status called a ne'ara. If in that period, let's say somebody was me'anesa, somebody raped her. So the law says that the uh, one that did the avon has to pay a penalty. Right? The betin penalizes him, he has to pay to the father hamishim kesef. And he has to pay, let's say, uh, 50 coins. Now, according to the bimi'ir, the bimi'ir says, in a case where, let's say, somebody was uh, went with a girl raped her between 12 and 12 and 6 months, and then later on, meaning at 18 years old, let's say she was found to be a ailunit. Okay? So the bimi'ir's uh, shita is, there's no knas. Now, the chaurah, according to Rab, there should be knas. Because bottom line, we look back at 12 years old and we say she wasn't a ketana. We'll say at 12 years old she was a ni'ara. And therefore, Nihara is subject to uh, the laws of Knas, which means if you don't backdate it, I have no problem. If you tell me that at 18 she becomes a Gedolah, that means until 18 she has the status of a Ketana. Ketana is not, there's no deen of Knas. Good. But according to Rav, that says that at 18 you look back and say she must have been a Gedolah the whole time. So therefore, when she was raped between 12 and 12 and 6 months, she has a deen of a Nihara. Like a regular girl, and therefore she should be subject to the law of Knas. So, according to the Rav, why does the Bimir say no Knas? So the Gemara says, Amar the Abaye, Mekatnuta Yatsta Lebeger. She means the laws like this. A Bogeret is an adult, which means a girl, let's say from 12 and 6 months onward, that matured, normally she's called a Bogeret. The law of Knas. Does not apply to a bogeret. It only applies to a ne'ara. The way Rav looks at this is, at 18 years old, you go back to 12, and at 12 she's already called a bogeret. Which means she goes some katnut, which is pre-12. Once she gets to 12 already, there's no ne'ara stage. She just goes some katnut to bagrut. And therefore, bagrut, there's no deen of hamishim kesem. Which means, we thought maybe you go back, and then she, she goes to the normal stages. 12 and 12, 6 months, she's considered an arad, and at 12, 6 months, she turns into a bogeret. No. When she becomes an ailunit at 18, so now we look back at her, she was a ketana until 12. Once 12 came, she's already considered a bogeret. That's why there's no kanas. Let's read that inside. That she says, ailunit, with a bimi'ir, Yehela knas hamishim kesef alama tanya b'masikat ketubot the more we learn b'masikat ketubot ailonit en la knas velo pitui velo nearot mukmina la kerebimir damar ketana en la knas va ailonit huir ve en la searot ketana hi biyamim shaitan euyal nearot. Once already you see she's the Ailunit, we consider her a Kitana till that point. So, uh, but it's a question that you do go back, the Kharat should be considered a Naharat, the guy should be Hayav Knas. She becomes a gedola lemafreya. V'ha'ay de'em na'knas lebimi'ir Meshub de'mekatnuta yatsta lebeger De'na'arut besimmanim teluim Which means for a ne'ara to be a ne'ara What makes a ne'ara a ne'ara? Simmanim at 12 years old She had no simmanim She was only established a ailonit at 18 So finished, she cannot be considered a Backdated ne'ara Elawat, she's considered a bogeret so we consider 1 to 12 ketana Once she gets to 12 years old She has a din of a bogeret That's right, so if I'm going to be meir No knas She just points out There's another shita She's acquainted that Banan, they say there's even Knas by a Ketana. And therefore, even if you didn't uh, backdate it, she, so long as she's until uh, 18 years old, she has a deen of Ketana, therefore she has a Knas. But according to Bimi'ir, she has to be a Na'ara. 
She's not an Ara. She went from Katnut to Bagnut. That's the Gemara's answer. So again, Amar Abaye me Katnuta yatsta lebeger. So that's the way Abaye answered. Amar le. So the Gemara says, Abaye tells Rabbi Yosef that he answered uh, this answer, and the way the Mefarshim explained what's going to happen now is, Abaye told Rabbi Yosef that. Really, who gave me this answer? You gave me this answer. Rabbi Yosef asked the question against Abaye. So Abaye says, Rabbi, this answer I heard from you. So when Rabbi Yosef heard that it was his answer, he said, you know what? It's a good answer. All these good words, like these good uh, answers to the questions, say it in my name. Which means it's a, I accept it. That was the right, if I said it, I hear it now, it makes a lot of sense, it's already you can quote my name, which means he was confirming that it is indeed the right answer. Netanya, how do we know? We have a braita, in a slis nidon ke ben soreru more, regarding the law of the ben soreru more, that's the rebellious child, a salis, cannot, does not have a status of a ben soreru more, the fish in ben soreru more nidon, ela bahatimat zakan atahton. Which means for a Ben Surah to become a Ben Surah he has to have, let's say, puberty. He has to have Zakan uh, Tahton. So you have to have hairs at least in the place of the Irva. He doesn't. And therefore, there's a special law by Ben Surah Namore. Since he has to have puberty in that place and he doesn't, so he doesn't become a Ben Surah Namore. Ve'en Ailunit. Nidunit ke ne'aram urasa. And an Ailunit is not judged like a ne'aram urasa. Shemekatnuta yatsta lebegin. What is this case? We have a law like this. A ne'aram urasa. That's a na'ara, it's a girl between 12 and 12 and 6 months, she was engaged, it was seen, and then somebody went with her. So this is considered like eshet ish, because already once they made it was seen, it's considered like she's married. So the punishment is like this, a na'ara that went with uh, somebody else, so the uh, punishment is, in such a relationship, sekila. However, if already she was a bogeret, she was after 12 uh, and 6 months, and she was irusin, then the punishment is chenek. Okay? So now the Gibra says like this. If, let's say, she was 12 and, uh, 12 and 6 months, and what? She was a meureset, and somebody went with her. Then already she kept on living until 18 years old, then you realize that she was indeed a Ailunit. So we look back, we say that at 12 and 12 and 6 months, she's not a Na'ara. Because she goes from Katnut to Bagrut. And therefore, the punishment is going to be Chinik. It's not going to be Sikra. So you see the same concept. You see that the concept of what is Katnut to Bagrut. There's no Na'arut in the case where she becomes a Ailunit. Look at Rashi. Correct. Which we didn't know what to do with her. Right. You have to wait until see exactly. Especially she didn't bring Simanim this uh, And she has some, she has some Simanim of Siris. She has some Simanim, but she didn't bring the hairs yet. So you have to wait. To wait till 18. Then already we can understand what she was at 12. And therefore they give her the, uh, the, uh, the punishment. Not of uh, Sekila. But of Henek. So the guy dies mitat Henek in that case. Amar bi Abhu. Simane Saris the Ailonit. Let's say somebody brought the signs of a Saris. Or a girl brought the signs of a Ailonit. Uben Shimona. We'll discuss a new case. A child was born in the eighth month. Now, even though, let's say, his hair is developed. He comes out with hair and his nails also are developed, which is really a sign that he's going to live. Because normally we say that an eighth-month baby cannot live, but he's born already with these signs over here. So it says, Which means, even though they have simanim of sris, or Ailonit, or this eight-month-old baby, they have signs, we do not treat them as a Sris, or an Ailonit, or as a child that's considered Ben Kayama, Ajiu Ben Islim. In all these three cases, you have to wait until 20 years old. So, this is not a Hadush for us when it comes to the Sris and the Ailonit. It's just, even though they have Simanim, doesn't matter. you got to wait till 20. The Hadush over here is as well as an eighth-month baby. Even though he came out, he was born, it looks like he has uh, Ben Kayama, he's going to live. He has hair, he has nails, doesn't matter. You don't consider him a Ben Kayama until he reaches the age of 20. Then already you say, he's going to live as a Ben Kayama. And there'll be Nafka Minot in the Halakha, which is going to be practical um, 
applications uh, to this over here. For example, one nafkamina they say is nafkamina that she emit abelim alav. If he dies, the Lord should only make avilut on a child that is a ben kayama. So if it's an eight-month baby that dies before twenty, there's no deen of uh, abilut. That somebody should even say that. Or let's say he's not going to portray his mother from halitza. So if the mother has a child. So the child already gets her off the hook, so they have to make halitza if the husband dies. This is not considered a child until 20. And therefore if the husband dies, she has to make a halitza. So you see there's nafka minot that can happen uh, in this case over here. So comes the Gemara and says the following. What do you mean until he gets to the age of 20? An 8 month baby, can he live? We know that he can't live. How do you know that? And yeah, we learned in the Brayta. Ben Shemona harehu keeven ve'asul etaltelo, which means on Shabbat, an eight-month-old baby is considered mukseh. It's considered like a rock, and you can't move it because since it's not going to live, so it's not considered uh, a, 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 a ben kayama. So therefore, it's mukseh. It's like a rock. And the Gemara says, "Aval imo." But his mother, the mother is allowed to bend over the child in order to nurse it. Not for the sake of the child, so that she explains that the sakana is to the mother, because the mother is engorged, and therefore it can cause a sakana if she doesn't release the milk. So therefore, we'll be lenient for that. That doesn't mean sakanat mavit necessarily. Even though some of the mafashim say sakanat mavit, but you don't have to say sakanat mavit. Even if it's sa'arfa, so the pain, so they're lenient for to lean over the baby in order to nurse it. And as she says over here, sakanat shinehim have been there in. Which means uh, that the child is also in sakanat, but the ma'af amends it because we're not interested in the, in the sakanat of the, of, the, of the child. We're not going to be duhay anything. But for the mother, we'll let them bow. So what do you see over here? That a child eight months old cannot live. Muksan Shabbat. Kebara says, Keshegamru Simanav. Now we're talking about a case where he was born eight months, yes, but he has Simanim already. He has his fingernails are developed, his hair is developed. So therefore there's a chance that the child can live. How? Vitanya Ezu Ben Shimona. What's considered an eighth month baby? Which means how do you know what an eighth month baby is? Kol Shelo Kalu Lo Chodashav. Tanakama says, you know he did not finish his nine-month term. How would you know that? So the Mifashim say that she says, or the Mifashim say, the guy got married, the lady, he had one B.A. with her. And that's it. So you know for sure when the child was conceived, and you can count eight months. If he had more than one B.A., You'll never know if it's an eight-month baby. You don't know if there was from the second bi'ah or the third bi'ah. You can never, you never know for sure. So the first thing that says, no, a, a eight-month baby is a case where you know vadai eight months. You start the clock from the first bi'ah. That was the only bi'ah that was done. And therefore, you know when the conception was. You count eight months. Kemara okay, gives a different interpretation. Rabbi Omer, simanim mochihim alav. No, you can see simanim. You see already the signs. The child comes out already. You see the nails are not formed. And the hair is not grown. You know already it's an eight-month baby. So Kabbalah says, The only reason why you know it's eight months because they weren't developed. Oh, but let's say he's born in the eighth month. You see it's developed. I'll say that really he was finished his development in the seventh month, and he just stayed in the womb an extra month. Which is, he's really a seventh month baby. Right, so why did he come out in the seventh month? He stayed an extra month in the womb. It's not an eighth month baby. She's a seventh month baby. But he stayed, which is that B subscribes that a baby can stay in the womb past its development. So therefore, that's why it's able to make it. Oh. So that's what we say over here. Ishtuyeh, Ishtuyeh. Look at that she. That she says, Bar Shiv'ahu, third line. Ul Shiv'ah nigmenat surato. Now he finished the way his development in the seventh, but Ela Shinishtaha. Okay, he, he waited. So comes the Gibran says, Ela. I'm sorry, just continue that she. Behazar. What's that here? Behaye. And he will live. Vashmeen and the Biabuda, Philo the Pilam, Azekin, Lebebegin, Kayamachi, Ben Kaf. 
which we said, that's what Nabi Abu was coming to tell me, even according to the B, that says that an eighth month baby can live, because you say it was a seventh month, just stayed another month, still you got to wait until 20. That's the Babu's Hadush. That really a child in the eighth month can live if it's developed. But what? The 20 year rule applies. That's the Babu's Hadush. Comes the and says, Rabat Usfa'a made the following ruling in the case. Husband went away to Medinatayam overseas. He was away for 12 months. His wife gave birth after 12 months. Rabat was Makshir of the baby. Now, Logic would say the kids are mamzer. The guy wasn't away for 12 months. She gave birth 12 months later. But she's from when the husband left. So the husband wasn't around. Normally your baby is 9 months. So you got to assume what? The baby, somebody came in between. And uh, she got pregnant. And therefore the kids are mamzer. He came along and said, the baby's okay. Why? Keman be Damar mishtaha. Must hold that the baby could be developed in, let's say, the seventh month, for example, and then uh, stayed uh, four months uh, more in the uh, womb until uh, five months in the womb until uh, till he was born. Also, oh, what's the problem with that? Rava is going like a da'at yahid. Normally, you forsake like the majority. Which is the Hakamim's opinion? They didn't subscribe to Ishtuhiyashuhiyah. The rabbi said an eight-month baby is. You know it's an 8 month baby, it's not going to live. The beast said, no, it can be a 7 month, that stayed an extra month. He goes with this business of the baby can stay in the womb a little extra time. And we see that I subscribe to that, which means he told uh, this lady, it's okay, the baby is kosher, which means it's from your husband, and he just stayed a little longer. So the Gemara says, yeah, it's a majority opinion, why? There's another opinion that says Mishtahe. Rabban Shimon also says that the baby can stay in the womb a little longer. So it's not a singular opinion anymore. It's an opinion of Rabbi and Rashbag. The Tanya, how do you know Rashbag's opinion? We have a brighter. Rabban Shimon Gamliel Omer Kol Shishal Lamidyom Be'adam. So long as a uh, child who's born makes it after 30 days, Eno Nefel, he's not considered a Nefel. What are we talking about over here? Rashi. Child made it for 30 days. Even if he was born in the 8th month. And he made it till he came out in the 8th. Which is by, by an animal to know that the baby will live, and that's at least for 8 days. So what do you see according to Rashbag? Rashbag says that the cutoff point is what? 30 days. But what do you see he subscribes to the opinion of Shihui? So now we see both Rashbag say a baby can stay in the womb a little longer. And we see the beast says the baby can stay a, a little longer. So the only difference is, and therefore Rabatus Fa'ah, he told the, the lady, the kid's kashir. But 12 months. And I mean, the baby stayed in the stomach, uh, the womb, uh, a little longer. Now, yeah. And I have two rabbis that uh, subscribe to it. But it comes out that according to Rabbi, or according to Rashbag, the cutoff day is 30 days. Mm-hmm. Whereas according to Rabbi Abhu, it's 20 years. Yeah. Which is according to Rabbi, big difference. Rabbi Abhu says if the child born in the 8th month, you got to wait 20 years to find out if the kids have been kayama. Whereas Rabbi, Rabbi just said it's a 30-day calculation. Whereas Hakamim held, 8-month baby, nothing. It's considered an effort. You're not allowed to, you're not do anything with it. It's, it's, it's not going to make Comes Gibran says, Tanu Rabbanan, Ezehu Sris Hamma. Now we discuss, what is a Sris Hamma? That's a Sris from birth, right? Koshu bin Isrim. Guy's 20 years old. He didn't bring the hairs. Even if, let's say, he brought subsequently. He's considered a sleaze. And these are the following rules. These are the following signs of a sleaze. He doesn't have a, a beard. Which means the hair on his face is... It's thin. Which means it's not a, a... Yeah, it's not thick. What's the language he says? He says soft. 
Rashi says that. Rashi's language is Rach. How does he explain here? What does that mean? The consistency? His hair is soft. Okay, soft hair. Fine, that's Lakui. Ubesaro Mahlik. His skin is smooth, meaning there's no hair on his uh, on his uh, on his body. Ubesaro like a lady. Doesn't grow uh, Skin hair. Skin is smooth. Oh. When he goes to urinate, there's no foam in the urine. Like we learned earlier, that when he urinates upward, it doesn't make a, an arc. Doha. His shikhbat zera is semen is watery. It doesn't have the consistency and the feel of zera. And some say that his meraglaim, his urine doesn't become putrid. Normally when you put meraglaim in a keli and you leave it there, it becomes putrid. His doesn't. When he takes a shower or bathes outside in the cold, vapor doesn't emanate from his body. So when the person goes outside in the cold and he puts the hot water on it, what happens? The smoke comes from his uh, body. If that doesn't happen, that's a sneeze. Which means his voice is different. He has like a, uh, a female voice. You can't tell the difference if he's a man or a lady. Which means he has a high-pitched uh, voice. What are the signs of an Ailunit? She's 20 years old. Even if she will to say the hairs afterwards. She doesn't know of the, the Rest, which has a hard time having relations. Tashmish. She doesn't have the shape of the body of a lady. Well, let's say the lady's body gets wide at the hips. She doesn't have that. She has a low, deep voice. You can't tell if she's a lady or a man. Itmar, we have a statement. Simanicities regarding the simanim of the to become a sneeze, you have to have all the simanim. Even if he has only one of the signs, he's considered a sneeze. So comes the Gemara and says, Where Red Hat say he brought two hairs in his beard. Then already we say he has to bring all the signs. Because once already he brought some hair, so that's a sign of a little uh, maturity. So now he's got to have all the signs to be considered a sris. The Mahalok is where he didn't bring two sa'arot. So then already it's Mahalok if you just need one of them or you need all of them. But what about the story that Rabbi Barabu told the rabbis, I knew there, I want you to check out for me the Rav Nachman. Go investigate Rav Nachman. When he takes a, a bath in the, in the, in the gold, see if the vapor comes off his body. Why? Because I want to give him my daughter as a, as a, as a wife. But I want to make sure he's not a sleece. So don't be afraid to go, make, go check out and see uh, if, the, if, the, if the vapor comes off his body. Keman, Keravuna. So what? Is he going like uh, Ravuna? Because what does Ravuna say? That you're not a sleece until you have all of them. So if once already he sees that he's not applicable to one, so if you know he's not a sleece. Because a sleece, according to Ravuna, you have to have all the, uh, the, the, the deficiencies. So already you see once there's one of them, so if he's not a sleece. So the Gemara says, no. Rav Nachman sikedik nahavyale. Already Rav Nachman grew like stubble. So therefore, according to everybody, in that case over there, you need them all. So once already he saw, checked them on one item that he doesn't have, so then already you see that he's not considered a sris. Comes the Gemara and continues. Now she says, sikedik nah, yetedo tazakan. Like he had patches of uh, uh, beard, hair on his beard. Right, we said a sleece does not make uh, not halitza and not yibu. Uh, they put in the Mishnah sleece and ailunit. 
together to come and tell me that the Shlis is similar to the Ailonit. Ma Ailonit be the Shamayim. Just like an Ailonit is from Shamayim, which is born that way. Av Shlis be the Shamayim. So to a Shlis that we're talking about that does not make Halitzah Yibum, it's talking about it was a Shlis from birth. The Stama can be Akiva. And therefore we see our Mishnah's following the Shittah of Rabbi Akiva, the Amar, Bide Adam, in Bide Shabayim Lo. Remember we learned in the first Mishnah, Rabbi Akiva said, that a Sris Chabad does not make Halitza. Now we have our Mishnah that says, Sris and Ailunit, to put them together. Mm-hmm. So the Gemara is saying, that what? The Sris must be like an Ailunit. Ailunit is always Mishnah, Bide Shabayim. She's born that way. So therefore we're saying, just like the Ailunit is Bide Shabayim, what does the Mishnah say? That the Halitsana is nothing. So too the Sris that we're talking about must be a Sris that's also Bidesh Shaman. What are we saying? Halitsana is nothing. That's going like the Biakiva. It's a Sris Hama. Eno Chole. So Stam, the Mishnah is going like the Biakiva. Comes the Gemara continues and says, Hasari Shalas the Ibimto Lo Pasla. So what do we say? The Saris that let's say made Halitsana is Yibama. It means nothing that Halitsana. And therefore she's still Kishira to Kehuna. But if let's say made it be Awata, so then already to be Awata was illegal. There's no Yibum. Therefore she's considered now Zona, because now she had relations, or he had relations with Eshet Ah, becomes his wife's brother, Shalomim Kom Mitzvah. And therefore it's illegal. She's considered a Zona. And therefore she's Kisula for the Kehuna. So comes the Gibran says. Which is the reason why she becomes a zona is because the sris did the berila, and therefore when a person goes with eshet ah, that's isud karet. So therefore, how do you become a zona? If you go with somebody that's asur on you and karet, because now it's not yibum. So this sris is going with who? His brother's wife. If there's no Yibum over there, that's Yisud Karet. So therefore, that's what makes her a Zona. So the Gemara says, Ha'achir lo. Implying that what? If she went, let's say, with somebody else. No, meaning like this. Let's say you had a regular case of Yibum. Okay? Uh, which was a, a legal Yibum, let's say. And before the Yibum was consummated, she went with somebody else. That's Yisud Lav. Torah says, Lo tiye eshetamet chutza. Which is, she's not allowed to go with somebody else. Mitam isud lav. We can make a diuk. The only time she becomes a zona is because the sris went with her, and that's the isud karet relationship. Mashma, that if it was a different relationship, meaning let's say she herself went with somebody else before Yibum, that would not make her a zona, and she would be permissible to kehuna. So the Gemara says, mm-hmm. This is a question against Lava Menuna. Why? Which means he holds like this that a Shomerit Yabam, so she's waiting to make Yibum. She went with somebody else before the Yibum, that's considered like Eshet Ish. And therefore she becomes Pesula to the Yabam. And therefore, just like she's going to become Pesulah to the Yabam, she's going to become Pesulah also to Keuna. So you see, this Mishnah is not going like this opinion, because it's much only the Sris makes her Pesulah to Keuna. But if she went with somebody else, no, but everyone else says no difference. Look at the top of the Pesulah to Yabama, Keshit Ish is in Ta. It's like she's married to the Yabam, and she went with somebody else. Shasulah to Baalab, it came on the Zonahi. Once already you're considering it like a lady that made znut, she should be pesulah lekeuna. Gemara says, "Lo, huadin afilu leacher." Don't make that diuk. Which means, even not only if she went with the sris, is she considered a zona? Even if she went with somebody else before yibum, she's considered a zona. The aidi de tana resha bedide. But the Mishnah is just keeping conformity, which means we said in the beginning of the uh, Mishnah that what? Halitzato in a posla, which means the halitza that he does when he makes halitza, his halitza is not posel her. So we discussed his bi'ah. But it's not necessarily only his bi'ah. Who had deemed the bi'ah of somebody else will pull sailor. But since in the Halitza case we were discussing him, 
His halitza, which is a non-halitza, does not possess us. So then we said, his bi'ah is. But not only his bi'ah. Who adin? If she would go with anybody else also, it's considered like ish at each. It's considered snood. And therefore it possesses the rekeuna. Comes the Gibran says, Vekin ailonit sh'asudahid. I'll go the other way. A lane that's an ailonit. Let's say the brothers made halitza on her. Halitza is nothing. She's permissible to keuna. But if they made bi'ah, that's considered bi'ah znut. Because now she's going with eshet ah. She's, oh, they're going with eshet ah, I should say. He's going with eshet ah, which is kareh. Therefore she goes pisu ala kiwuna. So comes Gibran says, Ta'amad ba'alua. The reason why she becomes pisu ala kiwuna, only because they made a bi'ah with her. Ha'alo ba'alua lo. But mashma before bi'ah, She's just a regular Ayin Lunit is permissible to Kehuna. Kehuna says, Keman de lo kribi Yehuda. There's not fun Rebbe Yehuda's opinion. Te'i Rebbe Yehuda ha'amar Ayin Lunit zonahi. We learned earlier in the Masechet, actually on Daf Samich Aleph, Rebbe Yehuda had an interesting shita. He said Ayin Lunit, a regular Ayin Lunit, Pesuna le Kehuna. Every Ayin Lunit has a deen of a zonah. Why should Ayin have a deen of a zonah? Because he quoted a pasuk from the Nevi'im. The Navi says, Mehiznu velo yifrotsu. Which is a lady that does not have the ability to be poretz, to be fruitful and multiply. They have the deen of what? Azona. It's a pasuk. So therefore you see how Mishnah is not going like Rabbi Yehuda. Because how Mishnah says the only time the Ayluni becomes Pistolik Kunaf, she had bi'ah with the, with the, uh, with the, with the brother. Uh, so that, that brother-in-law, that would make sure without the Pesachikuna. Mashma, without the Bi'ah, she's permissible. Whereas according to Bi'uda, the Ailunit, just the fact that he's Ailunit is Pesachikuna, because she considers every Ailunit as a deen of A. Zona. Baruch Amen. Amen.